Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, you got a Red Raider basketball midday matinee. We set the table for, and the madness of signing day didn't include all that much madness for Texas Tech, and that's a good thing. We're into that and more next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today with the only chris level i'm casey cowan chris national signing day now in the rear view doesn't necessarily mean the window has closed but we've got some things to digest as far as what was announced by texas tech which really was across all categories whether it was some transfer guys that uh, were a part of it or obviously the uh, recruiting class that was announced as well that we discussed on yesterday's episode as we kind of set the table for what we thought would happen. And I guess I would say that most of that did come to fruition. I think if there were any surprises, they weren't necessarily huge and they might have been a positive surprise by way of, I don't know, a future starting left tackle or something like that. But uh, (laughs) it, it was mostly a fairly calm Texas Tech signing day i know there was plenty of adventure and misadventure all across the country like there usually is for this program or that program but uh, i gotta say at the end of the day uh is maybe you're still waiting for some shoe to drop or something like that for the red raiders because of some previous <laughs> experience or trauma or whatever word you want to use there uh i thought it was fairly smooth sailing for joey mcguire and the red raiders what we expected to come to pass for the most part did come to pass correct yeah, you know, it seems like as the years go on uh, and, and with the early signing date, there's less and less, like, drama uh, overall. Um, there still was some, you know, around the country. You're right, but it involves, you know, a handful of of players and the late switch or, you know, the – and all those kinds of things, the commitment flip and, and all that. But, yeah, for Texas Tech, it was fairly calm, and that was a good thing. Um, you know, I think that you had – you know, going into to signing day, you had a really good class on paper. You you put pen to paper with all those guys. Uh, no, nobody you know pulls the rug out, and and you weren't really looking to get anybody to flip late because I think you're 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 really monitoring how many spots you have available anyway. There wasn't like any room to add anybody because you'd used a lot of those spots on on portal additions, uh, which they also announced eleven what mid year transfers, and we need to educate people on kind of how that part works too because. Yeah, you so you signed um, you, you sign you announce a class. I want to say it was like twenty three high school kids, not all of which are on scholarship. Uh, I believe I believe that there's thirteen of those. I think that's right. That are mid year guys. Some of those are, are walk on types. You, you, you don't announce uh, the quarterback out of West Georgia and Cameron Brown yet. Uh, you know, Joey kind of hinted at that yesterday. Uh, they're still working on that one. Not that he's wavering. It's just I think you're trying to figure things out and how to how to get him here, uh, 
you know, transferring credits, maybe. I, I don't know. It's got to be something along those lines. But because Joe even says, well, there's one out there. I can't talk about him, which means they haven't been able to, to sign him. But I think that's who he's referring to. I'm, I'm going to connect some dots there, yeah. uh, which is tricky at times. But um, but you you you. Yeah, you, you signed the top class in the Big 12 uh, as, you know, like with the new Big 12, okay? We're not counting Texas and Oklahoma, and we are counting Utah, Arizona schools, and Colorado. And it's it's funny because, you know, you said it yesterday. When, when it's when it's this, you're like, you're going to point to it. Yeah, hell yeah, but puff <laughs> your chest out, all that stuff. And when it's not, you're like, yeah, well, but you do have to to add these caveats with the recruiting class ranking. One, it's 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 it is a sign that you're doing a damn good job, and and there's a direct correlation into into top recruiting class rankings and winning. Okay, so make no mistake. But in in this new day and age, you just hope that you hold on to this recruiting class for the next three to four years, and it, it bears fruit for you, not for somebody else. So that's what is because I mean, if you had a lower recruiting class ranking, you'd be like, man, as long as you're portaling really good, right? You know, uh, <laughs> you you can overcome these things, or maybe that's your plan to begin with. So it's just there's a lot of ways to add. Uh, you know, talent acquisition business is now 365 uh, in in this sport. It, it, it certainly seems like. Man, and I was just yesterday, and this is for whatever it's worth to you. You can decide out there. Um, and these are per rivals rankings. I know each outlet may look a little different, but going back over the previous five years for this program, I mean, you've now signed your second consecutive top 25 class per a rivals ranking. Um, going back the five years, though, your 40s, 50s, there's like a 70-ish, 80-ish ranked class back in the 50s. I mean, you were really off the map. It's been a while, but going back to the end of the Coach Leach era, when you really should have been squeezing some of that success out and turning it into recruiting success, you were kind of hovering back in a 20 to 25-ish kind of range as far as a national class is concerned. And it was it was wild to see how far you did fall off that radar because, you know, Tommy Tuberville, for whatever approach he took, came in and some of those rankings were fairly lofty, top 25-ish uh, for those classes. And I think you then saw in some early Kingsbury years, particularly year number one, some of that payoff. And then again, you just totally fall off the map. It, it was really hard to digest uh, some of those 70s and 80s. And I ain't making that up. They were really there. Um, but you've, to <laughs> you've totally flipped that script. And, you know, much like I feel like for Texas Tech as an athletics department overall, you should be consistently and at least a top 30 or top 35 type of range. I don't care what sport we're talking about, if it's actual win-loss records, if it is recruiting or things like that, if it's like resource, merchandise sold, ticket sale, average attendance, whatever. You should be in that kind of range, I think, nationally in just about all facets. So, you know, like you point to there, whether you get into the rankings or not is fine, but these things do matter. And as I remember, speaking of Tommy Tuberville, talking about recruiting being the lifeblood of a program, Certainly a true sentiment and still remains as a true sentiment. Whatever has happened under Joey McGuire, that script has been flipped. And I'm not here to say he's reinvented the wheel yet, like he's taken you to some promised land you've never been before. But it does feel like he's gotten you back on your feet. Uh, you, you can speak to this much more than I can, covering it as closely as you have for so long. But you have at least, I guess, kind of retaken your place where I feel like you should be expecting 
to recruit. Like top 25 is great. Top 30 is a must. And anything beyond, you really will begin to turn some heads. There's no doubt about it. But he's done it in a fairly short amount of time. This is why he was hired. You know, this is specifically the, the reason why he won out over whoever else was in the mix for this job at that point because of this right here. Um, and it's obviously got to translate and it's got to, but his ability to recruit and replenish the roster and build this thing is exactly why he's the head coach at Texas Tech uh, based on the folks that were making that decision. And like, you you know, you've had a couple of, what, 20 top 25 classes back to back. But I mean, like even go back to that very first year when he just got the job, him and Blanchard get off the plane and it's like they, they're they're working separately compared to the who, who was here working, coaching the team. It was kind of a coexistence, but it was separate. Uh, and, and like, but go look at a couple of those guys. I mean, like you, you want to trade Joseph Adetere and Ben Roberts uh, for anybody right now? Mm. I mean, th- th- those guys were part of that very first class that Joey was responsible for. I- I'd kind of like to hold on to Joseph Adetere and 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 Ben Roberts uh, for for a bit, and that- that's just two examples. But you you just start to see uh, some of the pieces that are put together. Uh, but this is exactly why he was he was hired. I love their process. Um, it- it's really now. It's like now the next phase is okay. Well, you keep stacking these. Now it's about how quickly can we develop them? Can we hold on to them? Can we build with them? Um, you know, are, are we still talking about these guys here in three or four years? Uh, because that's where it, and, and then when you keep adding to that, that's when you start turning into these, uh, the, the, you know, these dynasty type things where you're, you're contending every year. You just keep feeding the monster. And, um, you know, the, the, um, the way that this class was built It's kind of fascinating. First, today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And if you've got a small business looking to hire new employees, you're hoping for the biggest pool of top tier candidates possible. And that's exactly why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has all the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free, all on one easy to use and secure platform. And LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They've got a far reaching network of more than a billion professionals and hiring the best becomes easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within only 24 hours. With all the hats you wear as a business owner, the time or resources to hire quality candidates can be hard to come by, but LinkedIn carries the load for you with the quick, easy and intuitive process. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today with LinkedIn jobs. Terms and conditions apply. The way that this class was built, it's kind of fascinating because this is a, this is the way it worked out. But last year you, 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 you had a, a bigger defensive class you know, like like as far as the, the 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 scholarships you used in last year's recruiting class was the bigger defensive class, and most of your early enrollees were all on the defensive side of the ball. This year, you know, it, it's still fairly split, but I think you end up using more scholarships on your offensive uh, group this year. But that's where most of your, I mean, nearly all of your early enrollees are all on the offensive side of the ball. Your quarterback, most of your wideouts, uh, all your offensive line, your tight end. Um, those guys will all be here. I don't know how realistic it is 
other than Micah Hudson and maybe Cameron Dickey for any of them to really factor in early based on what you've done in the portal? Uh, because you went heavy uh, in the portal on offense. Uh, a lot of those are one-year guys. Um, and, and I is funny, I heard a, a national interview yesterday talking about the Big 12, and I heard somebody talking about, like, it, it, I, I kind of did the what? You know, they, they brought up Jalen Conyers. And they're like, they're like, this is, uh, you know, people are going to start to learn about Arizona State, you know, and Arizona, and they were talking about their recruiting, but they're like, but you can't lose players like Jalen Conyers. Jalen Conyers is an NFL tight end. He is going to play in the NFL. Hmm. And, like, you can't you, you can't lose guys like that and, and all that. And I'm like, well, I know where Jalen Conyers is playing now. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and so it, there, there's a lot going on yesterday as far as the player acquisition, uh, you know, the business of it, I guess, because yeah, you added, I mean, theoretically, I guess they just announced what, uh, so if my math is right, somewhere in the 33 to 35 player range, depending on walk-on scholarship, all that stuff. I mean, it, it's, uh, I mean, that that's, you're, you're approaching like half of your scholarship limit that was just announced uh, yesterday for your team. You know, I think most people obviously familiar with Micah Hudson. You may be familiar oh, with yeah. somebody like uh, Will Hammond, the quarterback that was signed. But, you know, some of these offensive linemen uh, that got my attention or uh, – and I'm going to have to just work on this name. Uh, Ophili. Cheetah Ophili? Cheetah oh, Ophili. Yeah, yeah, some of these edge – I mean, I'm thinking, all right, now when are we going to start cooking with some of those guys? But, but beyond like the banner, the headliner, Hudson, et cetera, I'm wondering maybe if there's somebody that – that you've got an eye on because you were the one that was introducing us to the law firm of Lewis, Jordan, and Sanford rolling into the year saying, these guys are going to get run. And they may have got a little more run than we've anticipated because of some injuries here or there, but they did. There's a Dylan Spencer out there, et cetera. I'm wondering, I know it's very, very early. We're not even 24 hours away from uh, some of these names being announced, but, uh, but who are you seeing here early on that maybe you feel like for whatever reason, maybe talent that can't be denied or a real need at a position, uh, that could be in a similar conversation. Micah Hudson's a no-brainer. Obviously, we'll put him to the side. We we can talk about him in various ways uh, in, the, in the coming weeks because uh, I just don't think you can speak about him uh, enough. But, uh, I, you know, I, I think uh, all the offensive linemen, you, you know, it, it's you, you've just poured the batter in the pan. Now it just starts in the oven, man. Now, you're going to wait a while on that, uh, on that cake. You don't want to th – these guys would be – two-ish at least years away the guys that you just signed now like the Caden Cars, Nick Fadigs, and Daniel Sills and the guys like that 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 did this a year ago yeah you, you're you're getting closer uh, and you may see some of those guys push through the, the, the there's a couple of guys that that are gonna enroll early that I'm kind of fascinated by and it's such an advantage on being here early it just I just can't emphasize it enough People like maybe just don't really get it if you just don't see it or understand how much difference uh, that makes. And so some of this is positional need. Some of this is because you're just here early and then sometimes it just meets. Um, but, you, you know, um, I, I do think uh, and I've mentioned his name before. You know, I think the Cameron Dickey, yeah. he's different. Um, you know, he's he's somebody that is going to play running back for you. He's got he's got some size to him already. But he also played quarterback for his team. You know, I even uh, – I mean, what 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 piqued my interest in – and I was already high on Cameron Dickey because I think that it, it's like the 
the the Bryson Donnells, I mean Cameron Valdez, the you know you, you know the, the folks like that. That's where it gets interesting when, when guys like Cameron Dickey and and uh, and Quan Willis kind of grow up a little bit, and and then you've got uh, Jacoby Williams, who is a freak too. He's going to be a, in June, but when these guys show up and they're maybe a bit faster and twitchier and and do some different things. I mean, you know, they, they, they could pass you up on the depth chart, so we'll see. But what piqued my interest on Cameron Dickey was Joey McGuire says, you know, Cameron Dickey's on our team this year. We probably have a bit of a different game plan for BYU. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? And, and he he's <laughs> and he's he's talking about he can play a little quarterback. We can run Wildcat with him. It would have given us a bit of a different dynamic, but it's because he's, you know, 200-plus pounds, and he's – you know, five, eleven, six foot. Like he's he's built already, um, and, and he may have been listed as a bit heavier than that. He may be closer to two ten, two fifteen. But the point still stands. He's got some juice. Um, I think he's very smart. The only reason he played quarterback is because it's like, man, my best player is going to touch the ball every time. Is what his high school coach said. The other one that I would tell you is, and maybe it's just because of his nickname. I'm sorry, I'm a mark for it. Isaiah <laughs> Collins. You know, you know what you know. I, I'm told to reference him as boss. So everybody, <laughs> boss Collins. Okay. That is that is his straight. I mean, that's his. Go look at his Twitter handle. It's like boss three Collins or something. But like boss Collins, he's a six three DB. He picked uh, he picked uh, you over Baylor at Houston. Uh, he's one of those one defensive guys that's here early. But again, you can't have enough depth. So. Much like you know, Sanford Lewis and Chapman last year, he's going to be here. And as you're looking for depth behind, all of a sudden those guys now, he's going to have a chance. And I think they love his range and his length, and he'll have an advantage. And he's got the best nickname on the team right out of the gate, man. I like your reasoning, and uh, yeah, that was an interesting note. Uh, as far as I know, is one defender. Uh, I think as far as the early enrollees, the rest are on the offensive side and a specialist. Uh, reportedly to be here, but something to keep an eye on. And, man, something else to keep an eye on outside of this prep-level high school kind of conversation. But uh, we alluded to it yesterday. Announcement was incoming, and then we got it not too long after our conversation, which may mean oh, we yeah. have a starting left tackle, skyscraper inbound, uh, the big man, Maurice Marquez. Uh, I <laughs> I just – Rodriguez, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not exactly sure what to anticipate from a guy who has not seen anything like the competition he's going to face. And I heard Coach McGuire talking about uh, he was kind of only recently coming to football from what Jamaica, I believe. But the dude, if you're going six 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 seven and standing like he does, you're going to have some pretty high expectations right out of the gate. So I wonder how quickly the expectations will be that high, Chris. I mean, are we talking about somebody that's that's being brought in to, to be a starter? Is he a developer? <laughs> How do you see this? Uh, because either way you slice it, it was big news for Texas Tech and a big get. Well, he he factors in immediately. Uh, but, yeah, it's not a finished product. Um, that's the tricky part about losing him in Monroe Mills is, like, you know what you're going to get, flaws and all, um, you know, positives and all. You know, with Maurice Rodriguez, tons of upside. You know, tons of upside. I mean, potential NFL upside, as a matter of fact. However – it's going to be a process getting to that point. And I think that's the beauty of a mid-year enrollee. Um, And, you know, I think Coach Hamby would tell you, I'm going to have to work with Maurice every day for the next, 
you know, nine months, um, you know, uh, until we birth the season, I guess, using the nine-month time frame. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, because, okay, so the, the beauty, though, is that uh, Sterling Porcher, he, he's also played a lot of left tackle in his, in his existence. Um, and so, and then you've also got a guy that I think they are very high on, and he was a junior college guy last summer under the radar and then had to sit out this year for whatever reason. But he is somebody that factors in heavily is Dalton Merriman, who stands all of about six, seven, six, eight, uh, and about three fifteen, three twenty, And he's just a guy that a lot of people don't know about. Um, you've got, you know, your Caleb Rodkey that maybe is a tackle and all that, you know, or guard type guy. So there's some options. So it's not like all in on Maurice Rodriguez, but yeah, he's going to factor in. I mean, I would say based on my thoughts right now, your two tackles come from either Porcher, Rodriguez, or Merriman. You know, like there's your, you know, again, it doesn't necessarily always work out that way. Uh, but, you know, Ty Buchanan may have something to say about that too. You know, I mean, so now all of a sudden you've got some options, you've got some competition, let the chips fall. You know, um, but I think there's a lot of uh, athleticism and upside with like a Merriman. And, and Rodriguez, and then Porcher is a kind of a close to a ready-made product as you're going to get. And I think that the development still continues with Ty Buchanan. So there's four options there. Um, now you've fixed your guard and maybe center uh, issues with, with, with some of your transfers. So now you, you've, got, you've got some options here, and all of a sudden you don't feel near as vulnerable. Um, with and, and, I, and I'll tell you, too, you announced the early enrollees, but there's nothing that binds them. Okay, so just so you're aware, until they sit in a class on January the the tenth, I guess it is, th- they're still fair game. And, and the, tran- uh, so- the transfers you said early enrollees, but the transfers, yeah, yeah, right. the, the, yeah, yeah the, the portal guys. Sorry, yeah, portal yeah guys. sorry, it, it's very confusing. But yeah, we got all these yeah. different categories. They, but- they sign a financial aid agreement, uh, meaning Tech can talk about them, but. And and everybody else's portal additions uh, are the same thing. I mean, they're all yeah. until they sit in class, man. You know, and and, and I'm telling you, somebody's going to make a run at your people. And and I think sure. you know that's that's just the way this business is going to go. Um, so anyway, just just be mindful of that. Uh, that if you see some sort of like, what is this? I thought he had signed. Well, we're trying to tell you now. Now, hopefully, none of that happens because right. you want all eleven of these dudes. Uh, and you need them desperately. But, uh, yeah, on paper right now, your offensive line appears to be in much better and healthier shape for for Coach Hamby and Coach Kitley, Coach McGuire, and mainly Baron Morton. <laughs> He'd appreciate it, I'm sure. And yeah. while we love Taj Brooks to be the FBS leader in broken tackles, maybe a broken tackle on the second level of the defense would be nice. <laughs> Instead, you know, right in his face at the line of scrimmage. It does kind of sound like there's a real possibility. I don't know if i call it a likelihood, but a possibility that Caleb Rogers could be – your lone returner that's factoring in as a starter. Maybe you mentioned some other guys there that are returners as well. So there's going to be some competition, obviously play out in the spring and fall to determine that, but uh, you're definitely going to have a chance at a revamped look. There's no doubt about that. Okay. Let's make a hard left because before we get out of here, we got to hit the hardwood. 
First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Heat up the action and keep the sports flame stoked this winter with America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of Locked On. There's nothing nicer than cuddling up by the warmth of a nice prop bet or a player parlay. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action with their safe, secure, and easy-to-use app where it's all at your fingertips. And of course, when you win with FanDuel, you're always paid instantly. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks back if your team wins. You'd be a fool not to take a bite out of that apple. So get to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today for your shot at $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that hits with FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. It is a midday Red Raider basketball matinee. One o'clock from United Supermarkets Arena is Grant McCasland and the Red Raiders are hosting UT Arlington. This coming off of a pretty nice win, I'd say, in Fort Worth. I don't know what Vanderbilt's going to turn out to be. They didn't look like much there, but that's kind of the way you made them look. 76 to 54 at the end of the day. There were some closer moments where you wondered whether or not it would turn into a ball game, Chris, but it wound up a wire-to-wire win and uh, 20 point plus for the good guys. So coming back home to take care of business against a team that, uh, well, you actually saw in Fort Worth, didn't you? And, uh, UTA. Yeah. You know, watch these guys beat air force. Um, and you know, they're, this is just one of those scary games. The, these games for college basketball coaches, like the ones right before Christmas are always a nightmare. Uh, you try not to like let anybody, you know, get a sense that you're all kind of nervous about it, but it's travel, trying to hoop and, and then getting them home for the holiday. And it, you know, I had a, had a coach tell me two years ago, he's like, it's like around this time of year, they forget that they're actually on a basketball team, you know, like, cause they, you know, like, okay, did I get all the presents bought? And when, when am I, when is my flight coming home? Do I have my flight coming back home? Um, do I have transportation to the airport? I mean, just all the all the just normal things of the the, the stress that travel brings. But oh, by the way, you got a you got a game to play, um, and it's teams around the country all every season um, will, will will get lose this game. So this is a scary one today for the Red Raiders and UTA. I watched uh, UTA beat Air Force, like I said, this past Saturday. Here, here's the fascinating thing about UTEP. Remember the court case uh, that was that was. Uh, the decision that was handed down, I guess we're going on a week and a half, two weeks ago now, that allowed second-time transfers to be eligible immediately. Initially, the court ruling was, hey, for 14 days, everybody can play until we kind of sort this out. Then they come back and say, no, for the rest of the academic year. Well, you know, text, like this is what allowed A.J. McCarty to potentially play in that bowl game uh, that, that had to sit out versus Baylor. And all that when you see that announcement made prior to that game. So that was the only benefit that the Red Raiders had as far as this court ruling. But UTA, they have a uh, their guard named Philip Russell. He uh, he was supposed to have to sit out all this year. He's like, I don't know, we're talking five, ten bucks sixty-five of Philip Russell. And most people are not going to know who this is, but he was a transfer that was supposed to be a heavy contributor for UTA. He plays his one game, which he's allowed to play versus Air Force the other night, drops in 28 points. Uh, Now he is eligible the rest of the season. It's going to totally change the dynamic for UTA. So you see their record. They've played at Arizona. 
They've played at um, uh, New Mexico. They lost a conference game already at Grand Canyon, but they've beaten Oral Roberts. Uh, they've beaten ACU. Uh, they're about to go play North Texas on Saturday. They play Texas uh, coming up. But this is a well-tested athletic team, but they get like a Christmas gift early. Uh, and Philip Russell and the NCAA or, or the court systems are like, yeah, man, he's good to go. And he dropped in 28. So we will talk a lot about him on the broadcast today because he's uh, he's tiny, but he's a handful. Man, that's just crazy. You've got uh, this, the first of your final three before it's Big 12 time, January 6th, as you take on the Longhorns of uh, UT. And I don't know, coming into this one, just a couple more notes before we get out of here. Pop Isaac's coming off of his uh, best yeah. three-point shooting day of the season against Vanderbilt and Kerwin Walton. I don't know when we're going to stop mentioning him. Hopefully never, because he continues his assault, not only from a scoring standpoint, but Matt really packing a punch, especially on the defensive end last time out. So I uh, would love to see those two things continue for either yeah. of those guys. Dikembe Mutombo That's with, right. the, with the finger wag. Not in my <laughs> house, man. And Kerwin, he doesn't really say anything. I mean, he's the, the quietest guy. The, the most amazing thing, and, and there's enough shots that he's put up to, for me to mention this, and it's not some fluky deal. This is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen on a stat sheet. It's almost just literally unheard of. If he keeps up anywhere near this pace, this is like record-setting, like ridiculous. 62% three-point shooter right now is Kerwin Walton. I mean that that good, that right? is like 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 I mean yes I mean if, if you if you're in the 40s you 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 would be who I would and again you've got to shoot enough of them for it to matter you can't right. just be four of ten and be like yeah man I'm an elite shooter no but but I mean you're in the 40s that that's like but 62 percent folks I mean so I mean it's just insane I mean it, it's it, it's special honestly and if he can continue to to do this at, at this level. I mean, geez, what another uh, addition it's it's made or the development of him. I mean, he's yeah, and, and he's it's still he's still somewhat under the radar again because you got to keep doing it and you're gonna have to do it in conference play too. But yeah, what we've seen in this little last three or four game stretch has just been a, a incredible. Man, it's it's taking care of business time, particularly in these three in these three ball games because you you're not gonna have another chance really. Um, when you get into Big 12 play, I mean, every win is at a premium. What will it oh, yeah. take to get to the NCAA tournament? And you may get there by the skin of your teeth, but we'll still be happy to show up either way. You cannot waste any of these opportunities or stub your toe and come up with a loss uh, in any of these next three, which is uh, what do we got here. We got UTA. We got a South Alabama, I think. We got a, it's yeah, a Tom, you, Dick, and Harry run. Yeah, you get. Yeah, you, you play <laughs> UTA today. You've got uh, Sam Houston Sam State, Houston. I believe, on uh, on the 28th that night. And then you play North Alabama on New Year's Day. And then you go to Austin. Um, and, like, your first, your first four conference games, it's like you host Oklahoma State and Kansas State. But I think you travel to Austin, and I'm trying to remember – uh, the other one, maybe you go to Fort Worth. I can't, I can't remember, but, uh, anyway, um, Houston's just okay. Houston. Oh, oh, oh yeah. See, I mean, yeah, I knew, I knew it was a, I knew it was an in-state, in-state one, but yeah. yeah. So your two road trips there right out of the gate in conference play, Oof. You, you're going to be heavy underdog in both. I mean, bottom line, uh, but you, can you win those two home games? Oklahoma state? Yeah. Uh, Kansas state, uh, you know, but, but that, this is where it starts to get fun or stressful or all the above. That's what we're here for. That's why you lace them up. That's why you lift all them weights and run all them bleachers. Yada, yada, yada. All right, Chris, appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoy the broadcast, and uh, we'll do it again before Christmas. So be on the lookout. You got it. Yes, sir. We sure will. <laughs>
Keep hope alive, everybody. Merry Christmas. Uh, hope Santa brings you and, and find a, find you a significant other or, or somebody that's, uh, that's attractive. <laughs> find some mistletoe. Sneak one in there. There you go. <laughs> that is a, that's a lofty wish list there, Santa. <laughs> you got any ladies you can squeeze in, in yeah. just a few days? All right. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. That's the only thing on my wish list. Just get there and subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. For Chris, I'm Casey, and we'll see you for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.